This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Toys R Us report recorded live from inside the Pooptronic Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. He's a master codebreaker, an ace pilot, and part of the blaster. He's your host, IC Robots. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, IC Robots, and I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week to your week. A bit less week, and this week it's gonna get a lot less week. We're gonna take a look at the uh the top five Burt Reynolds movies of all times. We're gonna talk about a movie I saw. Gonna we're gonna do a lot of fun stuff. It's it's kind of getting a bit better down here at the bottom of the sea. We're we're learning how to adjust, how to fit in. You know how it is. There's always always a period of transition with things like that. But uh, let's get started in the show, I guess. are listening to the mother number one the funkin's toys r us report that much is definitely true this is the mother number one the funkin toys r us report we are we're still down here below the sea it's all true it's all real in the commodore trench 6.5 miles below it's cold it's weird nobody down here seems to like us a whole bunch they're all they're all like fish scientists, man, like fish doctors, and they don't, they're not taken to us, uh, us Callisto troopers, you know, but it's fine. Eventually, eventually things will settle in, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll adjust, you know, but, um, the other, the other day I was, I'm still finding out different places around this thing, you know, there's a lot of, like, nooks and crannies I was, I was poking about, and I... I found a small little ladder, so I went up and I, I found like a what, what I would call an observation point on the on the very top of the building. It's a it's a glass dome, and I I spent some time up there looking, just just watching the fish go by, and then then all of a sudden, like Engineer Emily pops up. She you know she saw the open hatch and she came she came looking for me and. I, I had my little recorder. I picked up this Olympus recorder, digital recorder, on a on eBay a while back, and I had that I had that with me. And I I said, hey, why don't we you know record a segment while we're here? We'll like look at these tripped out fish, see what's going on. And she was she was down for it. So let's uh, let's listen to that for a sec. That that's kind of fun. All right, it is me, Icy Robots, and I am atop the atop the base here in the Commodore Trench, Pooptronics Undersea Base, zero 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 one point point zero. We are on the on the inside of a glass dome. It is almost like we are in a holiday snow globe, and there are there are fish all around. It's really 
It's really a beautiful scene. Uh, so, Emily, what's, what's what's been up with you as of late? Not much, really. We are here now, which is fine, I guess. But I miss the moon, you know. Yeah, I miss it too. What uh, what, do you, what do you miss the most? Flying the Callisto flyer around. I really miss my patrols. All I do here is walk around and look at stuff. It's okay, but boring to me. Yeah, I kind of feel the same thing too. I I finally found out what it is we're supposed to be doing down here. I I got this email from the uh, the Commodore's assistant Leslie. Apparently. We're supposed to be cleaning the windows to keep them free from algae, which is great. It's pretty much the equivalent of cleaning vents. I, they have vents. I don't know why they don't have us doing that, but we are, we're supposed to be cleaning windows. How is, how is that going? It's okay. There are a lot of windows, so I stay busy. But I miss flying in space and I miss my lap there and the recording studio. I miss that a lot. Oh, you're telling me I miss the studio so much. Have you made... Have you made any headway in finding a place where maybe we could set up again? I know you were looking. Yeah, I've had some headway. I have my eye on a storage area near the chum bucket cleaning sink. It is fairly quiet over there. I asked Dr. Walsh if we could use it. Who's Dr. Walsh, dude? She runs the station. She is the one who yelled at you twice already. She's a fish doctor. Wait, that mean fish doctor who yelled at me is named Dr. Walsh? I I got a call the other week when I was recording. Somebody called looking for Judy Walsh. I I said there was no Judy Walsh here. Was, do you think that was Dr. Walsh? Probably. Man, that sucks. It's really hard to get a phone connection down here. Which is weird. Because we have our own underwater cell. Ta. But whatever. Man, I'm probably going to get yelled at again. Do you, do you hear that? That's like whales. Maybe. Let's look around. Maybe we can tell. Look at that. It's it's a deep sea whale. I think. I mean, I guess it's a deep sea whale. We're so we're so deep. It's it's white and it has a horn. Look at that a horn in the front. These things are so crazy. Yeah, that's cool, man. Me and Iceberg saw something like that when we were on Robodropolis. It was like a whale with a horn. But it was on land, and was purple and also a robot, and it could fly, and it had one eye as well. It's hard to describe. Nah, I can picture it. I think I think they actually wrote a uh, novelty song about, about that. Man, I don't want to get in any more trouble. You know, back when we were on Callisto, it felt like we were running the place. Down here, I'm like, I'm like the lowest of the scrubs. I don't want to get pushed down any lower, you know? I feel the same way. I am a decorated combat pilot who built a ship from scratch. I have 85 confirmed girls in the war against the Trilobites, and I clean windows. Yeah, I feel you, but, you know, back when we were on the moon base, we just cleaned vents. It's not that different. Yeah, but I liked that because me, you, and Iceberg made the show and had fun. We're still making the show, you know. We're, we're probably, we're doing it right now, right? We're going to use this on the show. And I miss Melissa, too. It's not the same with her gone. Kate is great, but we don't have the chemistry yet. She spends a lot of time with Iceberg. He's been doing most of the production. On her raps, I just add a few bleeps here and there. I'm co-producer at best. Things are not working out like I planned. Emily, they never do. They don't ever work out like we planned. We could try our best, but when it when it comes down to it, man, things are just they're absolutely out of our control. All you can really do is just try to deal with what is actually happening to the best of your ability. And if you... If you're in kind of a bad spot, you got to try to think about 
how eventually, eventually the sun always rises, eventually things always do get better. I know that it's just hard right now. Melissa and I had planned to record some EPMD cover songs. We wanted to form a cover band called GPMD and we won't get to do that now. Whenever I hear an EPMD song, I get really sad. Alright, I mean, first of all, SheePMD is an amazing name, and you should definitely do that. Second of all, you know, you just gotta take things day by day. Just gotta hold on tight and muddle through one day at a time. As they say, it's it's silly advice, and it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense, but you just gotta, you just gotta take it one day at a time, one thing at a time, one, even one step at a time, until eventually... You do come out the other side. Life is a long, long time, Emily, especially for you. You're a robot. You may get the chance to do your PMD idea someday down the line. You never know. Anything is possible. You are right. But it's hard. Hey, let's get out of here. I want to show you that area by the chum sink. You can tell me what you think. Yeah, sounds good. Let's, uh, let's go check out our, uh, potential chum sink studio. It's always nice to talk to you, Emily. Yeah. Same. In a moment, at the movies without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? Listen to me. My daughter has been missing for 36 hours. When was the last time you saw her? I don't know. Oh my god. She felt bad about everything. What do you mean? Searching. Rated PG-13. Everywhere August 31st. We went to see Searching on a Monday afternoon over at the airport cinema, which is located kind of sort of near the Charles Schultz airport that's like a real thing that we have around here this like super small snoopy themed airport it's fun they fly to vegas and seattle and they fly to phoenix it's pretty convenient you know if you if you make those if you make those kind of flights but anyway we were we were over at the theater over there and we don't really go there all that much because they play the same movies as the downtown theater but the downtown theater is like going through this whole remodel so a lot of the movies a lot of the movies we want to see are only playing at airports. So we had to go over there to see Searching. Searching stars. It stars John Cho, who you might know as Sulu from the new uh, the new Star Trek movies. I like him. I think he's a very good Sulu. I I don't know, man. He has like this calm demeanor that I, I think is kind of funny. He's a good straight man. He He's really dry. In this movie, he plays a father whose daughter has gone missing for, by the time... By the time it peaks, you hear it in the trailer. It's 36 hours. That's a long time, man. That's a long time to go missing. That is that is terrifying. That's every every parent's nightmare. And the the movie plays, it has this interesting gimmick to it. The the whole thing is shown through the computer. That's the that's the main way that John Cho has to find his daughter is like through her social media. And all this stuff, of course, you know, he's working with the police, but the, he's running his own, his own investigation on the side. He's making spreadsheets and he's doing all this stuff, cataloging her friends, talking to people. I, I wasn't sure what I would think of this gimmick because the whole thing, the whole thing is if you're looking at, at a computer screen and I didn't know what I would think. And it did, it did take me a little bit to, to get into it, to sort of, to sort of start to feel it. But once I did... 
it it started to give me this effect to where you become very invested in the movie because it's tense and it's you know every parent's nightmare. But the the fact that you're watching the computer like through a through a POV starts to make you feel like you start to feel like you're doing it yourself. Not not like really, but you really become immersed in this this POV experience of the dude going through the through the computer. And of course, you know there's like there's other people skyping in, so it's not like it's not like you're just looking at the at the you know the cursor moving around. You see other people. People Skype at him. He's a big, like, FaceTime user. So he keeps getting... He gets, like, FaceTimed by his brother. He gets FaceTimed by the detective played by Deborah Messing, who who's running the case. I I like this movie way more than I thought I would. And I thought that I would like it. I thought that it would be... I thought that it would be fun. I'd get to see John Cho. I like John Cho. He doesn't star in a, star in a lot of flicks. So I had high hopes. And my, my hopes were even elevated past what I thought. This was... This was a fun movie. I think that it will play just as well on a small screen. I mean, it's a computer. It'll play just as well at home as it will in the theater. So you can you can check this one out on VHS or Blu-ray, Laserdisc, any of the any of the popular formats of the day when it when it gets released, you know, head on over to head on over to your local video store. I got a tweet from our man Esquilito over on Twitter, and he was telling me that he went out and he rented I think he rented the Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity War movie, the Avengers one, if I if I recall correctly. But he hit up his local video store and he said it was cheaper than Amazon and it was way fun to go over there and check things out. I'm hoping I'm hoping to get the dog to send me some pics. I wanna I wanna try to like catalog all of the open video stores. All the video stores that remain open. I would love I would love to get them all up on icrobots.com. I got a I got a few. I got some. People send them in. I got some from Australia. I got some from my boy Eric Priscilla. I've gotten, I've gotten some. So I'm hoping to get Esquilito to uh, send me some. If you do, I'd like to get the sign in the front, the front sign that shows the name of the store, and then just any pictures of inventory. It's always cool if you can get like a picture of the, of like the big new release thing with the prices that they have behind the counter. A lot of times, that's always pretty good. So Esquilito, if you feel like it, you know, I, w- I wouldn't mind that. Man, and I. Definitely appreciate you sending that tweet, but, um, yeah, this movie will play just as well if you, if you rent it on, uh, on Betamax, as if you see it in the theater. It was, it was actually kind of an annoying theater appearance for us, uh, this time. It's, like, so often it's annoying there, because I just sit there and I'm just quiet, you know, I just watch the movie, I try to get immersed in the film. It was us, this much older couple in the front, they were... By my estimates, at least in their mid to late 70s, much older folks, it was, it was like a day for them to go out to check out the movie, and for some reason they checked out this weird computer movie, and the whole time I could hear them, you know, kind of talking amongst themselves, like, what's going on? Or what are we watching? Like, what's the, what, what are they saying? Because there's a lot of typing, a lot of quick typing goes by, and you have to, you have to really focus on these, these words flying across the screen, and they're just like, what did that say? What did this say? What's going on? What's a FaceTime? And I feel you. I feel you on that one. What's a FaceTime? And then there was this other couple to the right of us. And they were just like talking to the screen the whole time. Like they were like they were at home. They're just like, look over there, John Cho. Hit that one, John Cho. And it was it was a weird experience. It was like they were in their in their living room. And when people do this. I always wonder if, now, if you're yelling and you're blatant, I know the deal, but these folks are talking just, just enough 
so that you could hear them. They weren't like blurting out just enough so that you could hear everything, everything they said. So I got to wonder sometimes like maybe people think they're talking lower than they actually are. That's, that's pretty common. I even do that myself sometimes. I wonder, I wonder if that's maybe what's going on, but I don't know, but they kept doing it. I had to actually give them the shush, which I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of doing. I don't like to be, I don't like to be aggressive in that way, but I had to go shh. And I don't know if they heard me or not. I doubt it. I really doubt it. But man, going to the movies, going to the movies is so annoying sometimes. I love it. It's one of my favorite pastimes, but I just, I just wish people would like silently sit there. I don't talk, care if you talk a little bit, but at least give me the courtesy of whispering. Even if I can hear you, if I hear you like, pss, 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 you know, talking in that whisper voice, I respect the fact that you're trying to not be a bother. I get it. Everybody has to say something. I say things to the wife during the movie. You go, pss, 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 just kind of, you know, whisper it quietly and people know that the effort is there, the effort to be polite is there. Just whisper, whisper when you're at the movies. It's enough for me. Uh, I I liked I liked this. I liked the uh just the immersive quality of the movie was excellent, and it has it's tense, man. It is tense, and I I appreciated that. It's like you're really like on the edge of your edge of your seat. Um, I enjoyed it. I think that you would enjoy it. It's a nice. Nice small movie. It's like an hour and 30 minutes. It plays really short. I Let's go see what they say over on the tomates about this. I don't even know if this is a worthwhile venture. This just this just gives you an idea of what other people other people think about uh about it. But you know, it's always nice. Always nice to know what people what people are thinking about something. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. John Cho is a pretty good actor. We are waiting for it to load. It is loading right now. It is presently at 89 with the pigs and 92 with the critics. This movie is being held in high regard at this time. It, it's pretty short. It stars John Cho, Deborah Messing, Joseph Lee, Michelle Law, Sarah Stone. I... I don't know who any of those folks are, but with all things considered, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I give Searching with John Cho a solid 3.5 mics. 3.5 mics. Scarecrow and Mrs. King will not be seen tonight, but will return next week at this time. This week on the Toys R Us Report, we celebrate the life of a terrific actor and all-around cool guy who recently left us. This is the top five Dirt Reynolds movies of all the times. Just as I was putting last week's show to bed, I got word that Burt Reynolds had passed away. It was it was too late to put anything into the show, but I felt like I wanted to do a tribute. I wanted to do it right. I wanted to I wanted to spend a little time 
talking about Burt movies. I have not seen every Burt Reynolds movie that there ever was, but I have seen, I have seen my fair share, and the ones that I've seen, I do, I do like a lot. Some of them were seminal movies of my, of my early days. So, I started thinking, what would be a good way, a good way to do this up, and I realized I was going to have to push back the verse 2 of the Ace to Zartan even even further, but I'll get to it next week. I I will do my best. And I thought, what would be the best way to honor the, the great Burt Reynolds? And I said, hey, why not not take a look at one film? Why not take a look at five and do a top five Burt Reynolds movies of all the times? I'm like, there are easily... Five movies that I that I think are great. So this should be fun. Burt was Burt was maybe well known more as a celebrity than as an actor. He had many many famous romances with Hollywood's Hollywood's most beautiful ladies. He was he was tabloid fodder just for just for being out there and and being Burt Reynolds the best the best Burt that he could possibly be. And I think that. I think that there were some legitimate acting chops in there that got that got covered up by the celebrities. So I think you know over the course of these next five movies, we're all going to find the new appreciation for Burt Reynolds that that may not have been as deeply ingrained as just just that famous laugh, that famous smile, that famous just that famous coolness was ingrained on our hearts. I I always wanted like. A legit Burt Reynolds figure. I realize they made the the Ertl diecast one, but those are those are smaller. I wanted one on the scale of like a GI Joe or like a Star Wars, like a three and three quarter inch Burt Reynolds. There was there was of course the Wrangler, the Wrangler action figure based upon the jeans, and that that figure bears a very striking resemblance to uh, the the snowman from Smokey and the Bandit. So. That's a figure that I hold on to, and I keep that one near and dear to the core zone. I, I've used it as a as an icon on a couple different social medias. I just think that's a cool figure. Anyway, let's uh let's get jumping on the jump off. Let's find out what is the number five Burt Reynolds movies of all the time in space. Number five. There she is. It began as a journey to experience nature's raw beauty. It became a battle for survival. What the hell you think you're doing? Against the barbaric nature of man. Deliverance. Now, in a superb new print for the first time on television, Channel 9 presents The Complete Story. The Complete Experience. Thursday night, 8.30. A motion picture you will never forget. Deliverance on Channel 9. Deliverance is a 1972 American thriller film produced and directed by John Borman. It stars John Voight, Burt Reynolds, Ned Beatty, and Ronnie Cox. The movie is is a tale of a group of dudes who get caught out. They get caught out in the swamp by a bunch of by a bunch of scary hillbilly sex offenders. The the movie is super duper scary and super duper serious in in 2008, it was added to the National Film Registry of the of the Library of Congress. So, in that regard, it may be Burt's most 
most well thought of movie. The movie is held in a very, very high regard, especially, especially Burt Reynolds' acting performance. There are, there are, of course, a few, a few famous scenes. There is a, there's a terrifying scene of sexual assault. There are some super scary hillbilly children. There is, there's like this dueling banjo thing. This is, this is like a terrific movie. And as a youth, this rightfully so scared the heck out of me. This movie and another movie called Southern Comfort, which is kind of like a knockoff of this movie. In Southern Comfort, this, this like National Guard troop gets caught out in the, caught out in the swamp by some scary hillbillies who are, who are out to kill them, that, those two movies added up together with me having this, like, super irrational fear of the woods and hillbillies. I, I got nothing but love for you hill folk now, but at the time, hillbillies scared the flip out of me. These movies, these movies will do that to a young, impressionable mind. Uh, I, I, I haven't watched this in a while. It's, it definitely bears repeat viewings. There's a lot, a lot of good stuff in this. But I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it as of late. It's not in the regular cable rotation. Some of these other movies that are going to be coming up, I check I check out fairly, fairly frequently. Some, not as much. Let's, let's keep the jump off moving. Let's get into, uh, what's the number four Burt Reynolds movies of all the times? Number four. Hi, this is Gloria Lane, who at Central State Prison reads both for the film of the new Burt Reynolds movie, The Longest Yard. One more indication that movie making is becoming big business in Georgia. So I understand a lot of the people have been hurt in this football game because you're playing for real. Well, it's the only way to, to do it and make it look right is to, is to just go out and hit. And have they hit you, Burt? Hit me a lot, yes. In the face. Uh, I'm a 38-year-old quarterback. Uh, actually, 39 soon. You have a birthday. Have a birthday coming up, yes. My arm is the right arm is about eight inches longer than the left from throwing the ball. The number four Burt Reynolds movie of all the times is the 1973 sports flick, The Longest Yard. In the Longest Yard, Burt Reynolds plays a he plays an ostracized NFL quarterback who winds up in prison. While in prison, the sadistic warden puts together a game that features the cons versus the screws, the prisoners versus the guards with Burt Reynolds coaching and leading the prisoners team. The movie featured roles which were taken up by former NFL players such as Ray Nitschke and it featured what was at the time and even by today's standards state-of-the-art sports sports scenes. The dudes were really going out there, really banging each other up. Of course it helped that Burt, Burt was a college quarterback back in the day. I think he played at Florida, but I'm not, I am not in any way certain. I just know that he was, he was a Floridian. He may have played somewhere else. I have no idea, but I do know, I do know that he had experience as a quarterback. I think playing in college, man, that means you're, that means you're pretty good. And this like, that athleticism really carried Burt through a lot of movies. He had the he had the swagger of an athlete, you know, you could tell dude, you could tell dude was somebody just by, just by the way he took the field. The, the story of the thing is, if you haven't seen it, I, I had this one on Laserdisc and I, 
I've watched it, uh, you know, I've watched it a bit over the uh, years. This one, this one was like one of mine from back in the day that I really, really dug on. I'm, I'm a fan of, of sports movies, and this is, this is a top flight one. I like sports movies way more than I like actual sports. I'm not really a football fan, but I do... I definitely do like football movies. I like this one. I like that one with Keanu Reeves. I like that one with Al Pacino and Jamie Foxx. I don't know, man. I like football as a plot device way more, way more than I like actual football. And this one, in this one, during the game, the sadistic warden comes to Burt Reynolds and he's like, I'm going to frame you for a crime unless you throw the game. And at first he's like, I have to do it. But then... Then he comes back and he's like, I won't do it. And the Mean Machine, that's the name of the, that's the name of the team in this. His team's the Mean Machine. They, they come back and win, which is, which is what you want. As realistic or unrealistic as it may be, you do, you do want to see the team win in the end. When I was younger, I used to want to see the bad guy win. Just, just for, just for the sake of having something different happen. But over the years, I've, I've really softened and I usually just want I usually just want the happy story that I'm being told and I want to see the, I want to see the good guys walk away with the victory. And that's what, that's what happens in The Longest Yard. The Longest Yard got remade a while back with Adam Sandler in the Burt Reynolds role. I found that to be as far off a casting choice as you could possibly make. The movie had a bunch of wrestlers in it. I think Kevin Nash, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, the great Kali, Goldberg, Bob Sapp was in this too, I think. It was, it was awful, but I have, I have seen it on TV. Just mostly, mostly because I wanted to see, I wanted to see Diesel himself, Kevin Nash in a role. Let's, uh, let's jump forward and see what is a number three. This is when things are going to start heating up pretty soon. Number three. <laughs> Who's Dirk Diggler? Oh, this is a new fellow. A star is born. The award goes to Dirk Diggler! And nothing will ever be the same. David Anson of Newsweek says Boogie Nights is the most invigorating, deeply entertaining American movie this year so far. Boogie Nights, rated R. Boogie Nights is a 1997 American drama film produced and directed by P.T. Anderson. It is set in the Los Angeles San Fernando Valley and focuses on a young nightclub dishwasher who becomes a popular star of pornographic films. It stars it stars Marky Wahlberg as Dirk Diggler and Burt Reynolds as Jack Horner, who is he's the director of the aforementioned pornographic films, but he also acts as sort of a father figure to this, to this cast of characters he has surrounding him in his adult film business. Boogie Nights is one of my favorite films of all the times. It's a surefire Five Mike Movie Hall of Famer. I just, I just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. I was working at the video store when Boogie Nights came out, and I was, I was watching most of my movies on VHS. This is probably, like, the period of time where I got my, my biggest movie education. I was watching, watching weird movies every single day and loving it, and Boogie Nights was in the theaters at that time, and I remember we got a bootleg copy of the of the movie somehow, and it went around, 
and we all got to see it at home before it came out. I I watched the DVD version of this on the day that the day that Bert passed away as a tribute, but I decided that I would that I would watch it with the director's commentary on to give me just you know like a different experience and in it I learned that he approached Bert at first with the with the you know the role of Jack Horner in mind and he wasn't he wasn't so sure that he wanted to do it because the movie the movie took place in the 70s and he was trying to he's trying to avoid roles where you were playing off his off his uh you know 70s celebrity but then he read the script and he talked to P.T. Anderson and he saw that he saw that the love was genuine and P.T. assured him I am only going to be using you as an actor. I will not be focusing at all on your celebrity. And at the time, this was a big, big, big comeback for Bert. If I, if I'm thinking correctly, he may have been on a TV show. He was doing like straight to video movies. And when this came out, he got serious Oscar consideration. It was, it was maybe the best acting role of Burt Reynolds' life. It's one that I will definitely, definitely remember him for. The only reason the movie isn't number two or number one is because it's not, it's not a Burt Reynolds movie. It's a Marky Wahlberg movie. If it's anybody's even secondary movie, it's John C. Riley. But Jack Horner really, he really holds everything together. Burt is just, he is just fantastic in this movie. I love it. If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you haven't seen it in a while, go see it again. Rent the DVD Watch it with the director commentary. It's terrific. I love, I love this movie. Let's jump forward in and see what is, what's number two? Number two. Jackie Gleason is Sheriff Buford T. Justice, and he's looking for Burt Reynolds, Jerry Reed, and 400 cases of blue play beer. I've got a barbecue yard! What we're dealing with here... Is a complete lack of respect for the law. See Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed, and Jackie Gleason in Smokey and the Bandit. Rated PG. My number two Burt Reynolds movies of all the time in space is a movie that goes by the name of Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit came out in 1977 and it stars Sally Field, Jackie Gleason, Jerry Reed, and of course... Burt Reynolds as the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit is a story of two chaps, one played by Jerry Reed who drives a truck, and one played by, one played by, uh, Burt Reynolds as the Bandit who drives a, he drives a super cool black sports car, and the basic idea of Smokey and the Bandit is that these two crazy millionaires pay, they pay the snowman and the bandit to deliver a truckload of Coors beer to a wedding. They have to, they have to go across the Mississippi River, and at the time, you could not sell Coors beer in that region. I, I never knew why. I recently looked it up, and I guess the idea was that the Coors Banquet beer did not have the preservatives that many beers of the time had, so it would it would spoil 28 hours after being created. So it had to go, it had to go quick. It had to be drunk even quicker. So the the two dudes had this period of time less than 28 hours to get the Coors beer to the wedding. Of course, there's conflict. And that conflict comes from the Smokey, played by, uh, rather, Jackie Gleason, who is in hot pursuit of our two dudes, 
all throughout the movie. 90% of this movie is the Smokey being in pursuit of the bandit and the snowman. They get the beer, they get it on the truck, then they're going. Along the way, they pick up Sally Fields, who is, she's hitchhiking. She, she ran away from the altar of her wedding, and she winds up, she winds up in the car with Burt Reynolds, and of course, they fall in love. The two had, they had great chemistry that really adds to the movie. You find out later, there was a real-life romance going on between the two. When when Bert passed away, I saw some, I saw some, like, entertainment news kind of things where he talked about how Sally Fields was the one who got away. She was the one he wanted the most. She got away. And you can see, you can see the chemistry there. It's real. This movie is a lot of fun. It's at a frantic pace. You get to see Burt Reynolds at his most charismatic, and I I was introduced to Jerry Reed in this movie. Of course, later we saw Jerry Reed in Scooby-Doo. We saw Jerry Reed on TV and stuff, but at the time, I did not know who Homie was. Later, we found out that he is, he's like a Hall of Fame country music guitarist, and he He's held in incredibly high regard in those circles, but I just knew him, I just knew him as, you know, the silly Smokey and the Bandit guy. Of course, of course I knew he did the theme song for the party. He's pounded down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like old Bandit run. That song is amazing, even today. That is one of my favorite songs. He could really pick the banjo in that thing. At the end, when he starts banjoing it up, it's just, it's just so awesome. When I would watch the, when I would watch the movie, I never felt like I was the bandit. I was never cool enough to be, to be Burt Reynolds, but I could see myself being the snowman. You know, he, he's driving the truck, he's wearing gloves, he has a dog, and while he's not the star... He does get to sing the theme song, which is, which is pretty great. This movie spawned a bunch of sequels, each one a little worse than the last, but the, but the first one is a classic. This plays on cable all the time. I see parts of it all of the time. Maybe not like every month, but maybe like every other month, I'll watch a bit of a good old Smokey and the Bandit. And for those reasons... It is number two, and it's going to have to be a doozy to surpass this, and a doozy I think we have. Let's, let's jump forward. This is the moment you have been waiting for. The best, but Reynolds movie of all of me, times and spaces. My favorite Burt Reynolds movie of all of the times and the spaces is the 1981 comedy film known as The Cannonball Run. I love The Cannonball Run so much. This movie was, it was so important to me in my childhood. My brother and I had this on VHS tape. We taped it off TV, and we would watch this thing, like, incessantly. We would watch it so much. The Cannonball Run is the story of a race from Connecticut 
to the other side of the country, and it stars Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Jackie Chan, Jamie Farr, Adrian Barbeau, Roger Moore, you name it, they are in this movie. Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Terry Bradshaw, just like everybody you'd ever want to see in a movie at one time is in this movie, Farrah Fawcett. It is just, it is just so great. The The two main characters are Dom DeLuise and Burt Reynolds, and they drive a souped-up ambulance. The thing is, you gotta make it across the country as fast as you can. One way you save time is not getting stopped by the fuzz. So these guys are like, we'll get an ambulance and we'll drive it because no one would dare stop us. It's a good idea, well thought out, and it works well for them. Everybody in the movie has their own gimmick, like Jamie Farr is... He's like a rich oil guy. Roger Moore is like, he's like James Bond, Terry Bradshaw. They're like, they're like good old boy types. This movie is so much fun. It introduced me to Jackie Chan. There is, there is a giant brawl. There is, of course, an amazing theme song by Ray Steven. What do you say when there are no words? A song that's never been heard. How do you know when you hear the call? What do you do when you've done it all? No good time to cut this song. It just keeps going and going and getting better and better and better. Much like the Cannonball Run movie. This movie was... It was so important to me. My favorite character was Dom DeLuise. Or, more accurately, my favorite character was Captain Chaos. His alter ego. I had a bunch of Garfield stuffed animals and I would cut my socks I would cut the end of the socks off and cut little eye holes and make Captain Chaos mask for my Garfields. I I was in this movie all the way. It is so much fun. If you haven't seen it, see it right now. It's great. The brawl is amazing. The ending is amazing. It is just so much fun. Burt Reynolds... We are definitely going to miss you down here on the, on the mortal coil. So, with all that said, I guess, I guess the most appropriate way to end this is to say, Burt Reynolds, they reminisce over you. You made it this far, it's time for the final segment the Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. Okie dokie, artichokey, we are back for the final segment of the show. The one in which we talk about like this and that and things going on, maybe some things I picked up, and I did pick up a couple things. I, I am like... I'm drawing a blank on whether I talked about a couple of these things last week or not. Things are moving so fast, so fastly and furiously around this undersea base that it's hard to keep 
hard to keep things on track, but let's, let's start off with, uh, we got a few text messages, and we got, we got a few, well, we got, we got one, we got one voicemail this week. I didn't put out the call to the last second, so I, I apologize for that, but feel free, feel free to call in anytime you want. The line is always available. It is at... 707-532-JAMS. Let's, let's dig into these, into these texts. This first one, this one is from our man Mighty, Mighty Matt D, the notorious MMD. He says, I'm a little worried about you guys being relocated to the ocean floor. That can't be safe, and your co-workers down there seem rude. I bet Iceberg gets into it with somebody Dude does not take a lot of guff from anyone. I'm going to boycott Pooptronics until they get you back to Callisto. The last phone I bought from them was terrible anyway. It wouldn't even play Pokemon Go. Peace out. I'm rooting for you guys. For some reason, I had a hard time. Hard time reading that. My eyes. My eyes are feeling the, uh, you know, the added pressure. The gravity effects of being down here. Down here on uh, the ocean's floor. So, thanks for that, MMD. It's nice to know. Nice to know we have your support. I don't know, man, about Iceberg, though. Dude, dude often gets passive in the face of actual conflict. He'll literally turn himself off. I've seen him do it a couple times. He'll block a hallway. He'll be walking. He'll see somebody he doesn't want to talk to, and he'll just completely turn himself off. I've seen him do it a bunch of times. He blocks the hallway. It's weird. That's just one way he, one way he deals with that. The main way, actually. As for Pooptronic's Phones. I myself, I have the standard Pooptronics clamshell flip phone, and it works. It works pretty good. It doesn't have a lot of apps. It can barely, it can barely run Pokemon Go. But I had to get everything else off the phone: the camera, the photo gallery, just everything you could think of is off the phone. And it barely runs Pokemon Go. If you don't get a few presents from me, you know, after a while, it's because uh, the graphics are so poor. That it takes like three or four minutes to spin a Pokestop. So sometimes, sometimes I'm a bit behind. But uh, thanks for that uh, supportive message, Matt. I I do appreciate that. And then we got one from our dude, Engineer Nerd. Engineer Nerd was on uh, Nerd Lunch the other week. If you haven't heard that yet, check that out. That show's always, it's always fun. Um, So he says, hey. Are you going to talk about the new Purge series? And then there's another message. And I don't even know if I've talked about this one yet. About how his... He was going to send me a fish plank. But it was undeliverable. That's... That's because it went to Callisto. We'd been transferred. We're now... We're now down in the Commodore Trench. And they don't have... They don't have mail forwarding. So... If you want to send that again with the proper address, I would... I would definitely appreciate that. It's, uh... 6.5 6.5 below the ocean surface via the Pooptronics. Oh, I forget. It's some. It's the address of the of the tower up there that we. It's like directly above us, the command tower. But uh, I don't remember. As far as the Purge series, I've seen the first two, and I like it a lot. I I like the Purge series. I think it's a really good. Really good plot device. How would I... How would I keep myself safe from this madness? The 
The idea of this is they're telling a couple different stories of different people during the purge, kind of, kind of concurrently. It's one night, and you're following this one lady, and you're following this one guy who's a Marine, and it's nice because you get to see a lot of the smaller details of the purge and what the evening of the purge is like. You get to see a few days before the purge. You get to see people preparing for it. That's that's interesting to me because I don't know how I don't know what I would do to prepare for the purge if such a thing existed. I gotta gotta keep myself safe, gotta keep the uh the dogs and the family safe. So you gotta do something. But I don't know what I would do that would that would be enough to really keep people you know, away. There are some determined people out there in the in the purge. So it's interesting for me to to think about that. And they they do show people doing it. It's interesting. They show how the rich people, you know, they have these elaborate security systems. And this is in the first movie as well, but you you get to see people actually like boarding up their windows. You know, like plywooding up their windows like before before the hurricane that's on the on the way there now in on uh on the East Coast here. But uh, I'm digging it so far. It always leaves me unsettled. When I watch it, I gotta watch something afterwards to kind of to kind of decompress. Like uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives. You know, something something lighthearted that really gets me out of the, uh, out of the purge mindset. I, I'm digging it, though. If this was, if this was something that continued on as an ongoing series, it's a 10 issue, 10 issue, 10 episode event which is fine um if i get if i get 10 more hours of purge tales that's really that's the equivalent of two maybe three if you make it like you know an hour and a half kind of movies purge movies so i'm into it uh the, neither of the two stories really honestly knock my socks off but i am i am digging it quite a bit if you're into the purge you know you definitely want to see this i don't know man there's something about the whole thing that really as a plot device, it really interests me. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I would hate to see something like that happen. It's so, ugh. it's so horrific when you see it. It's just, I, I can't even imagine the the amount of casualties that must be after each and every purge because they were just madmen, madmenning all over the place. I, I feel like after a few purges, the population would just be down. Like a third, man. People are people are gross in this in this purge universe. Let's pray that this never happens. I might I might have to move down below permanently. We're in international waters. If they if they initiated a purge, I would I would be out of there. Thanks. Thanks for that text, E Nerd. I appreciate that. That uh you know thought provoking question. If you guys if you've got any questions, that's always fun. Gives us something to talk about. Hit me up. 707-532-JAMS. You can send them anytime. I send out an alert, but feel free to, you know, whenever whenever the urge hits you. So, we got a voicemail. This one's kind of fun. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's check it out. We will be back. Un momento is short. Um, hi, I'm calling to tell you that your show is really dumb and no one listens to it because playing with toys is dumb. I only have to listen to this because my dad forces me. So, hi, dad. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry that you're forced to listen. That, uh, that makes me really, really happy. We're, we're here to touch the, uh, 
the hearts and minds of the youth, and it's nice to see. Nice to see that we're doing that. So I picked up uh, I picked up a couple things this week. The the uh, first thing I got this week is the Mego Jimi Hendrix. I've been looking for this one for a while. They they finally got the Migos out over at the Target by the Dig, but. For some reason, they have them up against the back wall. You know, there's like the one that's facing the main aisle, the side, the end cap that's facing the main aisle. Then there's another end cap that's kind of like on a more interior aisle. Well, the the interior aisle is where the Migos are gracing. And I, I've only ever seen them on the outside. So I was a little taken aback to see them in there. And not only that... They were all priced reduced to $12.99. They had the Harley Quinn. They had the Wonder Woman. I don't really go for the for the bigger one so much, but I haven't seen those in person yet. They had the the Star Trek Dark Universe 2 set. They they had the Jimi Hendrix. So I grabbed him. I was I was pretty pleased overall with the sculpt. I think the I think he looks a lot like Jimmy. I like the clothes. He has tassels. He he poses very well. It's hard. It's hard to get him to hold on to his guitar. They they may have wanted to put something that he could he could grab in the back. I don't know. I'm not an engineer. I don't know what I would have done, but it's hard. It's hard to get him in like a hard rocking guitar pose, but I I still like him. I think that for 12.99 he's an absolute steal and I am very very pleased. I also I went back a couple days later, and I got Action Jackson. Action Jackson is my name. Bold adventure is my game. Think of what you'd want to be, then call on me. I want to be a frogman. Action Jackson. I I didn't want Action Jackson going in when I saw the characters that were being launched, but once I saw him, I was like, that guy is great. He has... He has a blue jumpsuit and a white belt with a little gold buckle and Action Jackson insignia on his chest. And he has, like, the most nondescript brunette dude sculpt you've ever seen. And he has just these these amazing white boots. These boots are just fantastic. And he has a gun. He has a handgun, which not... Not a ton of Migos do. I know that there's like a Planet of the Apes one with a gun. I'm sure there are others, but the ones that I have, they have phasers, you know, or they have like superhero implements. They don't really have like, like a nine and he has like a Glock or something. I don't know. I don't know anything about guns. He has, he has some kind of a pistola and I was having fun when I got him. I don't play with him a lot. I sort of pose them and take pictures of him, but I was having fun with him like running around with his gun, just like waving it at my other action figures. I was I was playing him like he was a crazy person. He's like, I got a gun, I got a gun. And he waves it all over the place. Like he's showing off the fact that he got a gun. I got him right here. I just dropped his gun. Where did he go? Now the thing that makes him who he is is missing. Oh, here it is. So I, I really do like this one a lot. I would think it'd be neat if they came out with some, some Action Jackson accessory packs. Or whatever, I I just dig this. He looks like like what you would think a cool action guy would look like in the sixties or late late sixties, early seventies, with like this just this this action jumpsuit. Nobody does any kind of action in a jumpsuit today. Well, I guess you jump out of airplanes, so it's kinda kinda one thing. But usually this is what like 
the the janitor wears, or this is what you would wear if you had to go underneath the house to run, you know, the uh, the internet cable to the living room. You know, you'd put on a jumpsuit, or when I'm, you know, scraping algae off the windows, I wear the the Pooptronics brand jumpsuit. It's not it's not a man of action gear, but I I love this figure. I think he's great. He's my personal my personal current current favorite. I. I saw online that some stores have shown the the wave of three Migos on the shelves. Somebody took some pictures of some uh, some full house, like a full house box set. I don't know who's in it. I've only ever seen that show like a couple times. I, I only vaguely, I only vaguely know the characters. It may have been the Olsen twins. I am not in any way sure. But then somebody else posted, and there's a Star Trek Gorn. That is, that's a must-have for me. And then somebody posted how there is a Frankenstein. They saw the Frankenstein on the shelf. That is, that is an absolute must-have for me. I cannot express how bad I need that one. I, I need it bad. I still have not found the Dracula. It's driving me, it's driving me out of my mind. We went to the, the Target in Petaluma. We went to Six Flags, the amusement park, Discovery Kingdom. We had a miserable time. I I do not like the the amusement park scene. Once once they introduced this fast pass thing, they have this thing that allows people to bypass bypass the lines. It's this changed the whole game. If you don't have one, you're not a second class citizen or a third class. You're like a fourth class because you will have to wait hours. To get rides while these fast pass fools just go again and again and again. So you got to pay for a ticket. And then you essentially have to pay for another ticket if you want to ride a ride. I, I had a miserable time. Water was 8 bucks a bottle. It was 95 degrees. I had one water fountain in the whole place. I they They are still at heart carny folk. You know, the amusement park industry, they're... They're still carnies. They still think like carnies. They take advantage advantage of everything. But we we stopped at the Target on the way back. I didn't find a Dracula. We hit up the ones here in my town. I didn't find a Dracula. I'm I'm at the point where where I may have to go online. I've seen that they're going for like twenty eight bucks on eBay at the at the present time. That's twice that's twice what they are on the shelf. But you gotta you gotta weigh in the the shipping. I'm going to think there's about like five, five, six bucks. If you mail it first class, some people may choose to mail priority. Then it might be like in the seven, eight bucks range. I don't know. But still, that's not completely unreasonable. I don't want to do it. I still want to find one, but it's not like the most crazy, unreasonable thing I've ever, I've ever heard in my life, especially for something that will like bring me joy, like pure joy. I was, you know, talking to the wife about this and I said, I think to find the Frankenstein, we're going to have to go to the Target like every, every other day. I don't know. I want it so bad that, that it may be, that it may be worth it. But, um, that's, that's a lot of gas. That's a lot of time. But, uh, what are you going to do, man? When you're on the hunt, it's fun to be on the hunt. You know, it's fun when there's something that you want out there. It's nice. It's there's. There's so many times when the toy game seems so bleh that it's nice to nice to have something something out there that you that you want. I 
I recently bought this small handheld digital recorder, and I've been recording, like, just these behind-the-scenes little things of me working on, like, different projects and stuff. And what I think I'm going to do with these, I think I'm going to compile these all together. When I get, like, when I get, like, an hour's worth, I'm going to put it all together and post this over, over on Patreon. I think that I've made a few attempts in the past at, like, patron-only content, but I think I've, I think I finally settled in on a formula that will, that'll provide, like, a nice show not take away from this show and be something that I that I can stick with. Um, I I'm just like I'm out there in the garage working on something. I got like this computer set up in the garage, and I'm working on something. I kind of pulled this out and I talk about it. Kind of, I was talking about riding my bike the other day. I this is more like behind the scenes stuff. It's kind of fun. So this. This may be a good time to consider joining all the smart people over at supportthereport.com. That's our, that's our Patreon. There's already like, there's already like 20 episodes of various things I've worked on. There's a bunch of episodes of Real Wisdom that haven't, that haven't been released here. There's, there's my hip-hop mixtape show, some old, some old episodes of that. There is a Here, Therefore unheard dig tale so you can get all that for like a dollar a month it's no big deal you can get that it's awesome support the report.com i i got a bunch of stickers over on redbubble those have been those have been actually moving like hotcakes these ripley's believe it or not stickers have been moving like hotcakes so go to go to icrobots.com then over on the side there's a nice link for the uh, the merch over at Redbubble. Got stickers, got a shirt. It's great, man. These stickers are some pretty fun designs, if I don't say so myself. So hop on over there. Uh, that's about it. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash icy robots. Um, that's where that's where a lot of fun stuff goes goes down. So next week, I will be back with the. With the Ace Zartan you've been wanting. The week after that is the Santa Rosa Toy Con. I'm going to go to that. We're going to have a lot of fun material from there. Hopefully LeVar Burton's going to be there. Walt Jr. from Breaking Bad is going to be there. This should this should be super fun. Lou Diamond Phillips is going to be there. Lou Diamonds, dude. Lou Diamonds from the big hit. Lou Diamonds from Young Gun. This is going to be... This is going to be cool. Lou Diamonds... From Young Guns 2. That's going to be great. We're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. Hopefully I'll get a bunch of uh, bunch of Joes. I can talk about that too. I always do good at this show. I have such a great time. It's here in Santa Rosa. It's a ton of fun. If you live around here, consider going. At least consider dropping in. It's it's worth it. It's neat to see. see the toys. I don't know, man. It's a good time. Best day of the year here in Santa Rosa. So, with all of that said... For me, for Engineer Emily, for Ensign Kate, for Iceberg, for uh, Dr. Walsh. I don't know. For everybody out there, I'm signing off. This is episode number 168. If you don't know, now you know. E-L-E. That's right. E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall.
This has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported in Dehar. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Stop it! Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait a minute, I got something. This will help you. No, I'm not gonna hit you. No, I'm not gonna hit you. I'm not gonna hit you. Listen to me. I swear to God. I'm not gonna hit you. Watch, watch. Okay, okay, okay. I'm ready now. <laughs>